Hey there, and welcome to the Hot Slice Podcast. I am your host, Denise Greer, Executive Editor here at Pizza Today. And with me is our Senior Art Director, Josh Cowan. How are you, Josh? Hello, Denise. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great. Guess what? We are recording this on Halloween. We probably should have dressed up. Although you do have a shirt on that looks like kind of kind of Halloween-ish. So one thing I'll say is I hope you are having a I hope you had a huge Halloween sales day. It's one of the biggest sales day of the year. And I know it falls on a Tuesday this year, so it may fluctuate a little bit. Um, But I hope you had a big day. Uh, I hope it was your best Tuesday yet. So that's awesome. Hey, big sales on a Tuesday is always great for the week. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now, one thing from me is it is the last chance to get considered for the pizzerias to watch list uh, for 2024. Uh, So in the description, there'll be a link to the questionnaire. Go fill that out if you want to be considered uh, for the pizzerias to watch list. Uh, If you loved the Hot 100, the pizzerias to watch list is our replacement for the Hot 100 uh, in it. And it calculates it a little differently. We're not just looking at total sales like we used to. You want to be on that list, folks. So yeah. get the information in. So what's the what's the best way for them to get that in, Denise? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a link to the questionnaire in the description. So it'll be in okay. our description. So it'll work. Okay. All right. So let's move right on in to our guest today. Who who do we have, Josh? Yes, we have. Uh, you know, one of my faves. I I love Scott Scott Rivera of Scotty's Pizza Parlor in Portland, Oregon. Um, you'll, you will, you will go into more detail, but these slices that you see, any slice that you see on pizza expo promotion, that's from <laughs> Scotty's pizza parlor. I took those at Scotty's pizza parlor and in 2018, 19, and they were all so beautiful. I've just been using them in marketing since. So, um, yeah, and he was- tells us that his slices have only gotten better and those look amazing. Like uh, I want that right now. I just ate lunch, but I still yeah. want that. When he was telling me that he was been tweaking things to make it better, I was like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I love it because Scott's been through a lot, you know, just like a lot of operators since the pandemic, uh, and he's grown to a second location. Um, so you're going to hear a little bit about pizza making, growing the business, and, you know, that perspective of being a pizza maker, but also an owner, because uh, that's it's a huge difference between the two. And when to make that move to the second location. So yeah, yeah kind of goes in detail about uh, when he knew it was time. So uh, it was a great discussion. Sit back, relax. Uh, yeah. Scott Rivera, everyone. With extraordinary pizza cheese comes extraordinary rewards. Only Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese offers the Gold Club Rewards Program with a monthly cash back on every cheese purchase. Members also receive funds twice a year to use in their exclusive marketing store. It's their way of saying grazie to customers. Schedule a demonstration at BaccioCheese.com slash hot slice and discover how rewarding Baccio exceptional Italian pizza cheese can be. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Looking to grow your pizzeria or restaurant? Then you'll want to try the power of a cloud-based POS system. With Hunger Rush, you'll get everything you need. This fully integrated restaurant management system allows you to easily streamline operations, accelerate the delivery process, and grow your business through Hunger Rush 360 marketing. And it's so easy to use. Want AI-powered text ordering? It's built in. Need to track orders? No problem. Schedule a personalized demo at HungerRush.com today. 
Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high-quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. Well, Scott, it's been a while. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Good to see your face. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. It's great to see you all too. So you reached out to me on on uh, on on uh, email uh, that you know we we had been talking since the pandemic a little bit, and uh, and you'd been going through some rough times, and it seems like you're you're hitting a greener pasture now. <laughs> so Goodness. why don't yeah. you t- just share what you'd like to from, uh, you know, what's been happening and kind of where you're going. That's what we really want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, just like all restaurants and everybody in the world, pretty much yeah. <laughs> things were scary and hard and it took a lot of creative thinking and pivoting. And I feel like, the pizza industry was probably in an okay position, you know, for that kind of to go pivot. Um, And so fortunately we kind of turned in that direction. Um, That meant like we couldn't serve slices anymore, uh, mainly because that was like too many transactions, too many people, too much contact, you know? Um, But uh, we ended up just kind of like, head down working hard cranking out pies you know yeah. with just as many people as could fit in the kitchen safely distancing you know <laughs> um and uh I think after a while we just you know it was it was in a way it sort of brought this like calm like clarity mm-hmm. uh just how the business works how the shop works how we make pizza and I started getting all these ideas and thoughts about like how to just like optimize and change things and sort of like bring things closer to where I wanted them, which is easier when it's just you making all the pizzas. uh, And there's, there's not as much attention that has to be put into like communicating and setting up systems and all of that. It was just like, today I want to do it this way. Like, let's go. Um, (laughs) And it was just an incredible learning experience. I think, especially for like my own, just like pizza making journey. And I think it just really, really kind of was just like reinvigorating in that sense. um, And just got me like deeper down that like pizza rabbit hole. <laughs> what, what was that rabbit hole for you? I, I, I want to know. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there was, I, I, so I, my brother gave me for my birthday in 2020, a journal and it said like pizza dreams on the outside and had a slice on it. And I was like, ah, oh, perfect. Of course. Uh, and I went straight to work using that as my like dough journal. And it was a whole new, like, let's try a new recipe every day. Let's learn, like, what does this type of flour do? If I vary the, you know, protein content and blend a higher protein flour with a lower protein flour, like what happens at different ratios and just like learning so much about the behavior of our sourdough starter. And um, 
I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of time that I got to put into like getting the pizza really, really good, which is what it's all about. Like that was the dream in the first place, you know? So here's the the thing. Your pizza was already really, really good. So I'm (laughs) I'm kind of excited to have it now. If it's even better than that. Yeah. Right here. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it looks pretty good in the the background. (laughs) Uh, Just for the viewer, if you've seen any uh, pizza expo marketing in the past, probably three years, you see a hand holding a slice. There are different slices, but all of those slices slices come from Scotty's Pizza Parlor. So yeah, I had a great photo shoot there a few years ago, and I'm still using those perfect slices. <laughs> I love it. We see, I always see like the marinara slice, the margarita slice, the Hawaiian slice <laughs> all over the place. Does it so- trip you out to see your stuff all over the place, especially with Pizza Expo? Because you know, it's like all of the pizza folks are seeing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I doubt everybody is like recognizing like, oh, that's like a Scotty slice, you know, now they do. <laughs> hopefully they're like, oh, that looks really good. Like, where's that from? Uh, but yeah, I'm usually like holding up the magazine to everybody around me. Like, yo, that's our slice. <laughs> I'm incorporating the grandma slice this year. So you'll yeah. see that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Grandma, grandma, just a little sneak peek of our trends report. The grandma is actually the third most um, popular on the pizzas to add this year. Oh, yeah. People are really wanting to add the grandma. I feel like it's had to have been a top, you know, incoming style for years now. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. we, We started ours. Uh, maybe a year or two after opening and it was really mm-hmm. just for fun like oh, I want to do like a, a pan pizza but I feel like Sicilian's a little too thick a little too heavy of a slice yeah. for me and I really liked the grandma slices I'd had uh, back in Brooklyn growing up and going back to visit and uh, just started setting out to experiment and finally sort of got something I liked and put it out there and it took off it was yeah wild to just see uh, and all this like I mean we got all this like hype around it we started selling out all the time (laughs) so yeah fortunately we've kind of found our rhythm and we can keep up now but yeah uh, yeah it's it's why I mean we were on the cover I think of uh, today one year with the grandma's life that That grandma's beautiful during during your during your experimentations with the dough and everything did you add any other styles over the over the course of the last couple years um, we didn't add any styles, uh, but I feel like I, I was able to better, uh, uh, represent the style that I like want to, to sort of like be, um, which yeah. is, I don't know if it's a style, it's very much a hybrid of styles. Um, yeah. but Explain a little bit of that, because some people probably don't know what your style is. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Brooklyn originally, um, moved away when I was a kid and eventually started learning to make pizza because I couldn't find a good pie in New Mexico where I was at. (laughs) Um, And I think just in my learning about pizza and just what makes it special and the history and just, again, deep down that rabbit hole, um, I got really interested in more traditional Italian pizza and sourdough. Um, and I really just saw it as a fun sort of like challenge uh, and a way to just keep things interesting and keep you on your toes uh, and just engage 
much more closely, I think, with the the dough, the grain, the yeast, and the fermentation process. Um, and so I really liked Neapolitan pizza and the sort of like, you know, the little black bubbles, the char and all of that. And I love that like really fresh, simple ingredient approach of just like good tomatoes, good cheese, little mm -hmm. olive oil, a little salt, whatever, you know, um, basil, lots of basil. Uh, <laughs> <Love it. laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the, the thing is that that Neapolitan style, I love it but it's a little bit in conflict with the nostalgia, like nostalgic pizza that I crave, which is a big, you know, thin crust pie heated up yeah. by the slice, uh, yeah. you know, crispy on the bottom, holds up the toppings, foldable. Uh, and so, you know, years down the line after kind of practicing and finding my way uh, and realizing it was time to, to open a shop, that it was my only option <laughs> in life, it was my calling. Uh, I think, the style that came out was just this sort of hybrid of New York and Neapolitan style. And so yeah. we do make big pies. It's a thin crust pie. We serve it by the slice, but we bake really, really hot. It's a naturally leavened dough. You know, it's pretty wet. Uh, it's got some whole grains in there and all of that. But um, what you get is this like really light, airy cornicione with the like all that like leopard spotting blistery yeah. black bubble stuff happening um but then you still get the crispy slice and yeah it's not easy like it's it's really hard because you're walking a lot of lines between textures and just ways of achieving that with dough in an oven <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. are so, you using a deck are you uh, are you on a deck oven Yes, we use a pizza master oven. And the great thing about those is that it gets super hot. Um, yeah. And it's just so versatile. So you know, we can really dial in the balance of the bake between the top and the bottom of the pie to get yeah. that like, just right bake of like, lots of fast spring in the crust and all of that, but a nice crispy bottom. Yeah. Um, and it's been super fun. But yeah, I feel like over over the pandemic, when I was able to just like dive so deep into the dough recipe and the process, uh, I really was able to like push those limits a mm -hmm. lot on like how much of that kind of like Neapolitan aesthetic and texture we can meld with the sort of like New York slice format. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like it's, we're achieving it, uh, much better than, you know, yeah. eight years ago when we opened. Absolutely. And then you guys do the grandma, uh, yep. do you have other styles or is that it? Just those two? That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's just the, the round pies, the grandma. Yeah. I feel like, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we do garlic knots and yeah. a salad and some simple desserts, but, uh, did you change that uh, grandma at all as you were experimenting? Did you enhance or uh, kind of yeah. change it any? It's gone through some different iterations. And I think that was a lot of just sort of troubleshooting. Again, just trying to yeah. get that right bake and the textures and, you know, uh, get uh, trying to get a pie cooked in a pan to cook thoroughly, like all the way through without yeah. sort of like gummy under the sauce and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. it takes some some dialing uh yeah. so yeah we do the sauce over the cheese 
Um, one, yeah. Okay. Here's an interesting thing about the grandma, uh, process. We found early on that if we put this pie in the oven with sauce over the dough, this was like the first V1, <laughs> uh, you know, dough in the pan. Uh, I think we were already like proofing it a little bit at least. Um, but then yeah, sauce on the dough, cheese yeah. over that all the way to the edge. Um, and we had more sauce on top and that bake something about maybe the moisture of the sauce, uh, and the steam that's generated in the oven, but also mm. the cheese around the edge, like kind of, uh, starting to stick to the pan. Yeah. We had this crazy thing happening where the, the whole inside of the dough would like dome up off of the oh. pan because it's thin like grandma's a thinner yeah. style pan pie uh and so we would get these big like volcano type <laughs> pizzas in the oven Oops. and it was just like such a mess uh I'm talking like maybe hitting the top of the deck sometimes it's just yeah. like wow oh, this is so bad <laughs> um and so eventually uh, we started drilling holes in the bottom of our Lloyd pans to oh, like wow. out the steam, <laughs> yeah. and it totally fixed that. So oh, that was just like a fun, you know, fun little yeah. thing we learned uh, along the way. I feel like that's so much of pizza making is just like hacking the tools, you know, that you have and just trying to find that right process and flow to get the result you want. Yeah. Now, as you were going through this experimentation, uh, process and kind of really studying dough and and what's happening. You know what uh, what are a couple of the conclusions you came up with on just your general understanding of of dough? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think one of the most important things I've found is that you have to keep your sourdough starter healthy. You have to have a really consistent schedule. Um, and we really, I feel like over these last couple of years, especially, um, I sort of let go of having such a rigid system um, of like how much we feed, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like we have our starter, just a flour and water, like sort of pancake batter consistency, right? Um, and that's constantly fermenting and we add more flour and water, uh, at different intervals in the day to like build it up so that we can add some to our dough to leaven it. Um, and also just to like, keep it alive. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and when you're baking at home, it's, it's something that you can sort of like feed it and just like watch it and mix your dough whenever it looks ready. Um, yeah. you're running a pizzeria that operates on a schedule and opens at a certain time of the day and has, you know, somebody yeah. coming in at a certain time to mix the dough. Um, you really have to dial in getting that starter to be at the right spot when you want it to be. Yeah. And there's like temperature plays yeah, such a variation yep humidities so, which you don't have to deal with as much where you're at but <laughs> yeah not at all <laughs> a, lot, a lot of rain up here in portland uh but yeah so i think that the one of the biggest kind of tools that we have now is um that we've learned 
all these different ratios to feed our starter at mm-hmm. um, based on the timing that we have and when we want to hit that peak, you know, or, or actually we, we want to catch it on its way to the peak um, to keep it a little bit young, keep the acidity kind of low. So all just like, I don't know, it's so much just trial and error and just learning and paying attention. Yeah. It's yeah. Which switch the subject just a bit. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. You have a new store, right? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you know, the, when I visited, you were talking about it. Uh, and of course, then 2020 happens and all, you know, everything happens. So, yeah. so what, what was the, what was the point? Uh, what, what come to you was like, okay, this is the time and place to start the second store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you came, uh, maybe like 2017, 2018, we'd been open maybe what, three years. Um, and that first shop is so small. It's 700 square feet. Um, and it was evident almost immediately that it was too, like not enough space. Um, and you know, we made it work over the years, a lot of like, passing ingredients and dishes like down the line, you know, from the front back to the dish pit or, um, yeah, just a lot of very specific communication and tight choreography in the kitchen. Um, and not a lot of seating and sort of dealing with that crowd control people just like standing in our hallway next to the kitchen, waiting for pizza. It's kind of like, okay. Um, so I was definitely looking for another space early on. Um, and I think, uh, around 2020 when everything sort of stopped and slowed down, I realized that look, I kind of changed my mind for a little bit. Um, I realized that opening another shop is like solving a problem is not a reason to open a restaurant basically. So like we had one shop that was going, it worked, uh, but putting all of this investment and time and energy into opening another shop just because it feels tight, I feel like was not really, that's not, that shouldn't be a complete reason to open another pizzeria. I think it's a much bigger undertaking it's like life-changing and you know a big deal um and so especially deep into the pandemic when we were operating much smaller um and starting to get just like super efficient uh keeping things really simple suddenly it was like wait wait, wait, wait. this is great like this this works everything is so smooth uh, I finally have work-life balance. Like when, mm-hmm. when I'm not at the shop, the shop is closed, you know, when the shop's open, I'm there. Yeah. Uh, that was like just a big, big change for the better. Um, and so for a bit there, it sort of felt like, wait, this, I think this is the path forward. Um, and it was, it was definitely fun just sort of being in this little shop, kind of playing pizza parlor for a while and like making all the pizzas and um, working closely with my wife, uh, 
you know, it was, it was great. I think we have like really good memories now of the sort of like tiny shop days. Um, but I think I just started to get a little restless and just feeling like I had suddenly had capacity and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I didn't want to open another shop for no reason uh, or no good reason. Um, and we had some interest from other folks in like partnering to open, you know, multiple locations or some, you know, version of, of growth uh, yeah. via a partner or another company. Um, and I think that at least maybe got some gears turning about, okay, this is my thing. I've built this. This is my livelihood. Uh, what is my future? What's the like exit plan? You know, yeah. how do I not do this until I fall over on the pizza line dead? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that was one thing on my mind. And then the other thing too, was especially with the way that we had had to restrict everything in order to operate safely and efficiently and effectively with a small team during the pandemic. Um, I think I just started feeling like the dream wasn't really fulfilled of the kind of shop I wanted to open. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I set out to open a slice shop, right? Like that's what I grew up eating. It meant so much to me. And suddenly we weren't selling slices anymore. Um, you know, in the, those sort of early days of the shop, we had a few tables in there and we definitely had a vibe, like a hangout parlor vibe. It's called Scotty's pizza parlor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we had lost that with the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, we had to remodel our kitchen just to make it like more comfortable to work in and have more space. And that meant getting rid of our seating. So it just felt like it wasn't, it wasn't really the right shop anymore. Um, not that I still didn't, you know, enjoy and love making pizzas and serving the community. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's where I started to feel like I, I, I want to open a properly sized pizza shop that has the space to do the things that I want to do, like take on these other projects, maybe, you know, expand and, and do some sort of like pop-ups and after hours, uh, I started playing around with donuts over these past few years and, you know, just had all these other kind of fun things that um, were not really possible in this little space. And um, through slightly entertaining these sort of other options from other folks about expanding and starting to kind of look at locations in that sense. Um, I actually came back to a spot that we had looked at pre-pandemic when we were just like, we need more space, panic mode. Um, and it's in this area of Portland, Northwest Portland, um, that's like just one sort of major uh a street like off of kind of a busy touristy area. Um, it's a really dense residential area, but it's on a street where there are some like shops and bars and restaurants. There's a movie theater across the street, like an independent movie theater. 
Um, and you know, frozen yogurt shop, like a couple doors down and a convenience store on the corner. Like it just, the vibe actually made me think Brooklyn a lot. And it just felt comfortable being there. A lot of brick buildings and trees. Um, and so that area just felt really right. And in that building that I had looked at, you know, years ago, there was a gluten-free bakery on the corner of that building that actually kind of like didn't want us to move in next door. Uh, and that was part of why we walked away like right before 2020, uh, which was lucky, I feel like. Yeah, right, um, yeah. But fast forward a couple of years later and that gluten-free bakery, uh, I think opened another shop in another part of town and decided to close that corner spot. And it was fully built out had like huge windows on two sides, had oh, the service wow. counter, the display case, big open kitchen, everything made sense looking at the space. Like the oven goes there. Here's how the flow happens. And mm -hmm. it just felt like this is this is the spot. Uh, I would love to see the uh, the faces of the uh, gluten-free bakery owners as they drove by and saw your spot up there on the corner. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. That, you know, I, it's funny. I, I reached out years ago trying to just kind of like say, hey, like we might be your new neighbors. Like, you know, would you like to meet up, talk about the neighborhood, the like landlord, is the building, you know, cool and stuff? Yeah. Um, and it was just like nothing. And then through some of the no negotiations, it came out that there was all these like clauses in their lease that they were kind of trying to okay. say meant that a pizzeria shouldn't open next door. <laughs> it's like, okay, bye. You know, it needed to open, you know, I, I appreciate more than anything, your patience in opening yeah. that set. Yeah. Door. and uh because yeah. that would take a lot of patience especially if you know you're ready to move out of that one um or move on up it's yeah that takes a lot of patience and i really appreciate that yeah i mean i i think that um with every sort of major business decision um i've always felt like i needed to do a lot of research take a lot of time examine all the details everything it's going to take and fully understand as best as possible like what i'm getting into and be able to make that decision confidently like okay i want to do this you know so yeah it just everything felt right that's awesome you know i i think about a lot of the pizza makers that i've known and um and the ones that either want to open a business or are kind of struggling through being a pizza maker, but also being a business person and being an owner, uh, you know, how have you been able to kind of, it feels like the switch went off with you that you were like, okay, now I've got to go in full business mode to, to just figure this out. You know, what, what was that transition like? And, and what advice do you have for others that are kind of struggling in that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think um, there were so many lessons learned over the years. And I think one of the biggest was capacity, like what is humanly possible? Yeah. <laughs> Your scale of how you operate as a human, like what are you physically, emotionally, mentally able to take on? Um, and fortunately, you know, having been in business for a few years before opening another shop, well, eight years, I guess. Um you know, I felt like a lot of the business side of things was coming naturally. So that was great. Um, but for the like ownership and management side of just handling so many moving parts 
I definitely knew this time around, like, okay, we need a team. <laughs> this can't just be me. Um, and fortunately, uh, this, this person, Hope, who had been working with us for like going on five years now, um, through the pandemic stuck with everything and was just like, let's go, you know, let's make all these pies. Um, I think she found herself at a point in her life where she was sort of wondering like, what's her future like? And, uh, I don't think I'll ever forget. There was sort of one fateful night where she was like, you know, like I'm part Italian. My great grandparents owned pizzerias in Chicago. I love baking bread, making bagels. She has a, a pop-up on the side that she had been running all through the pandemic so successfully. Um, she was like, this is my passion and I'm really good at it. And I think this is my path. So if you want to take this somewhere and you want to open another shop or whatever, like count me in, let's do this. And that, I mean, in a way it's her fault. <laughs> Like that was it. I was like, okay, we're doing it now. That's it. Um, Hope it's all your fault if you're listening. It really is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, you know, between Hope and my wife, Amy, who like, obviously we had been working together on the whole thing the whole yeah. time. Um, we just started to lay this foundation and, um, you know, think very much about all the things that are that we're going to need, that are going to happen, that, you know, uh, we're going to need help with. And yeah, we, we, um, ended up finding this, uh, another great person, Danielle, who's running our original shop now. And we've moved hope into like a GM position and she's also kind of running the new shop. And it's been incredible to have this like really, really solid, team of folks who are like have eyes everywhere we keep in such close communication and um as an owner i feel like i'm exactly where i should be like kind of floating all around the place um but also like supported by people who know what's going on and can hold it down um and can clearly let me know like when they need something where I need to be <laughs> where to go and <laughs> I'm just like okay Friday night you need me over there I'll be there great sign me up yeah. uh so and so's taking that day off all right yeah put me in uh, and you can probably you can take a proper vacation now too which is nice right yeah I've been able to take some time off I just went to New York I was able to make pizzas in the slice out hunger uh pizza on the pier event that was so fun uh it was our first time getting back to New York since before the pandemic I got to see all my family um yeah so so it just everything has just felt like it's working I don't know it's a good it's all good feelings at this point that's awesome well we've yeah. had you on here for a little while so I'll let Josh ask the last question you like it right, what do you got don't you Josh <laughs> I, I I don't I don't that uh, Denise you know? This is all you. Yeah. You all right. Okay. Like so I know that you've been teaching, you told me you've been teaching classes. Yes. Uh, so what, what do you love about instructing? I have had so much fun teaching. Um, I think I started, well, I think I noticed over the years of running a shop that mm -hmm. I was kind of good at like being patient with people and sort of like 
showing them all the little details and what to pay attention to and like letting them try and helping them kind of find their own way of like everyone touches pizza dough a different way. You know, everyone has a different feel. Um, and I think I've always been a little fascinated by that. Um, and then, uh, for my, uh, birthday, like five years ago now, I think, um, uh, I got a rock box for my birthday and we had a party in the backyard. Uh, another friend brought his rock box over. So we had two going and it was like a pizza party, BYO toppings. I just mixed a bunch of dough. Right. And we had all these people over and what ended up happening is that <laughs> I Scotty, up, Scotty school, right? <laughs> yes. I was just teaching all my friends how to make pizzas. <laughs> uh, and it was so fun. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And uh, so during, you know, during the pandemic, when everybody's kind of like doing online pizza classes and learning to bake bread and sourdough and all of that, uh, it sort of just happened naturally. I got to do a class with uh, Breville online. Uh, I got to do a class with Noel Bronner, who does uh, slow rise pizza. Um, and then there's a, a place called Cook Shop out here that is a like dedicated like cooking class yeah we have one here yeah yeah. Yeah. um and it's so cool just like all these you know cooking stations and sort of like a tv type kitchen up front you know for demonstrating and uh the owner meredith reached out and said you know would you like to do a pizza class and i just jumped at it and I've done a handful of them now. And I think what I just really love about it, first of all, pizza is a party food. It's always just good vibes, good times, right? Um, But you can get folks of any skill level, you know, never made a pizza, tried and failed, or, you know, made a few kind of like where it's at, but want to get better. Um, And I think running through this class maybe it's just after after some practice too but like the really rewarding thing for me has always been helping all these folks find their way of making a pie and then seeing them make all these incredible pizzas by the end of the class like yeah. it always works it's sure. it's so fun to see like you know people who are so nervous who've never done it before by the end of the class are pulling out these like dope looking pies <laughs> and it's great and everyone's creativity with toppings and stuff i don't know i just have such a good time with it so and i think when you're, uh, and when you're teaching you're learning so much more too absolutely you know, it, absolutely you know, so- and you're getting questions that you would have never thought of yourself. That's what yeah. I want to see. <laughs> like, yeah, it kind of puts me on the spot to like articulate and put into words a lot of the pieces of the puzzle for pizza yeah. making. And yeah, I think that's really fun for me too. And yeah, I just, I just really love it. Well, that's awesome. Well, it has been great to catch up with you, Scott. And I can't wait to see. Uh, we're, we'll try to get to your new spot. We got to see it at some point. Um, I, and then yeah, we'll oh, definitely yeah. see you at Pizza Expo, our 40th yeah. anniversary this year. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in March. Cool. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, All right. Thank All you. All right. See Bye-bye. you later. Bye. Yeah.